All right. Welcome, everybody, with the Masters Week. And that's what this week is. <clears throat> First major of the year for golf. I told you last week, if you listen to episode 32, that we were going to discuss a, uh, a way to plan a golf trip and um, an all-golf podcast, and that's what this one is. So I hope you enjoy it. As always, subscribe, like, share with your friends, do it on social media, let me know you're listening. And uh, I always appreciate the feedback. And that uh, any messages that I know that I'm reaching to you, reaching all of you, and that you're listening and enjoying it. This one, totally geared towards golf, so if golf's not your thing, I still encourage you to listen because it might give you ideas if you're trying to plan a party or a trip of any kind. Uh, These are just some of my tips and tricks on how to put together a group of people to a destination for a few days and the outcome. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Cents Worth, episode 33. This is your host, Ryan DeFaber. As always, uh, you know, I was uh, thinking about it as I was coming on uh, to press record here about, and I mentioned it, man, this is a long time ago. I think it might have even been episode one. But um, what what I would call my listeners, or what you as listeners to the podcast would want to be called, and I think I've figured it out, and it's very simple. You're just the two centers. That's it. Not two centers, as in like two centers in basketball. That's not it, but two cents worth. My listeners are the two centers. So welcome two centers to the pod. Again, as mentioned in the intro, and as you should be well aware if you listen to episode 32, episode 33, and and any social media following that you have um, of with me, is that this week is going to be about golf. So we have the Masters coming up this week in Augusta, Georgia, as always, the first major of the year, as always. It's a great time of year. And again, just kind of goes back to the last couple episodes about me talking about spring and the weather. This is a great turning point for me and for a lot of people that follow golf that, you know, the warmer weather is right around the corner. The azaleas are blooming. The grass is getting greener. The sun's staying up longer. You know, because of the Masters, the broadcast doesn't start until 3 o'clock, I believe, on Thursday and Friday. So, you know, you, you wait until the afternoon to get some golf. Um, and uh, But it's because the days are longer and, you know, the sun is up. So you always, you always yearn for the Masters broadcast to start. And, and the Golf Channel does a good job. It's live at the Masters, but they, they don't show much golf obviously because they don't have the broadcasting rights for it so espn does thursday and friday cbs saturday and sunday jim nance hello friends you know the the whole welcome to it um hold on one second uh, you know about <clears throat> the masters and that's what a lot of us uh, as for me especially Kind of, kind of attribute the start of spring to the Masters tournament because it's usually the first or second week of April, and again, flowers are starting to come into bloom. Green, it's spring, it's time, and it's the first major of the year. A lot of people used to say before the wraparound season in golf um, that this was the really the start of the golf season. That a lot of the tournaments beforehand were kind of warm-ups. They didn't really matter that much. Now with the FedEx Cup and the way that the the points are, it it is a little different. And I I can't really consider this to be the beginning of the golf season. But for many, it still is uh, because of of tradition. Um, I'm sorry, I'm answering a text right now. So I'm, I'm trying to get that done. Hold on one second. Sorry about that. As you guys all know, it's all unedited. So somebody sent me a text. I had to, I had to answer it, and it was, uh, it was an important text. So I wouldn't have, wouldn't have put you guys on hold for any other reason other than that. So we're back. So again, the Masters. It is the beginning of spring. You know, it is the beginning of the golf season for many, and 
it's a tradition unlike any other. And um, so with that all said, what I want to do today was talk about for the last 10 plus years, I have been going on friend golf trips. And when I say golf trips, it is some type of destination to where we go overnight um, and play a little under a handful of rounds. It, it started with three rounds and now it has become three competitive rounds and now it has become over the years as it's morphed and and um, and we've all become accustomed this group of friends and this this pack of people basically because there are some guys that can't make every trip so there are others that kind of come and flow ebb and flow there are that handful that are you know the regulars that are always guaranteed to come and we kind of work schedules around to make sure that they're always there but um start off as three competitive rounds now it's kind of four competitive rounds and and this year we're even extending the trip to an extra night usually it's two nights this year we're going to do three nights so what i wanted to do today because i take a lot of time and investment in putting together a trip i am of the group of friends that go i am responsible for our spring trip so we do two trips a year we do a fall and a spring trip and the and it all started with a fall trip my buddy preston started putting together a fall trip about 10 plus years ago and that trip every year september october is to mount mitchell golf club in burnsville north carolina uh, I encourage you, if you're in the area, certainly go check out that course. Fantastic course. Always great condition. It is, um, when you hear Mount Mitchell, people think, oh, a mountainous course. It is a valley course. So other than 11 and 18, your tee shots, there's no elevated tee shots other than 11 and 18. Six. 17 is a little elevated, but not not like 11 and 18. So the majority of the course is in the valley. It's cart path only year-round. Uh, the way that the weather works there, they always get a, a good amount of rain, so the grass is really lush and green year-round. Always uh, a fantastic time. And, um, you know, Preston puts that together. And it started about a few years ago. Uh... I want to say this might be my third year. This will be my third year putting together the spring trip. He was putting together the spring trip for a while, and he just couldn't get around to it due to schedules and asked me to uh, to put it together. And so I took that, and I've kind of run with it, and and I'm going to discuss kind of everything that goes along with it and what, what if you're looking to plan a, a trip or if you're already part of a trip and you're looking for ways to maybe improve it or just to see what your head is, how they manage it, and if there's any tips or tricks that you can give them. Uh, I have a friend, Kyle, that goes on other trips, and you know he always comes to me and says, the one thing that I do appreciate about when you plan a trip is that kind of everything is thought of, and it's prepared, and not at the time of the event, you know, weeks in advance. So um, I'll let you know, too, also timing. You know some some i some ideas on on when you should start planning something again if you're the planner or if you're trying to give um, uh, advice to somebody that is trying to plan it. So um, first thing would be if you are I'm sorry the same person's texting me again. Anyways, all right, so you're in charge of putting together the trip. Let's let's use that example first. If you're in charge of putting together a trip, here's my tip, right? Um, most courses, especially here in the Carolinas, so the Carolinas are a destination for golf for, I, I would say, because I, I've dealt with it before uh, uh, experience-wise, it is a... Um, not just nationally, it's an international destination for golf between uh, Myrtle Beach, the Brunswick Islands, which is uh, North Carolina, 
from the South Carolina border, North Myrtle Beach, up until about Wilmington, the Brunswick Islands, through Myrtle Beach, down into Pauley's Island, and then Charleston, and then if you keep on going down the coast of South Carolina, close to the Georgia border, you have Hilton Head, which is also another destination for golf. So for us in North Carolina and South Carolina, if you're planning a trip, you need to, first off, kind of come down to an idea of first cost. What are the group of guys that you're going to invite? Actually, I take that back. Let's go all the way back. Let's start with the group of guys you're looking to go with. What is the size of the group you're you're looking to put together? So originally, when we started 10 plus years ago, it was eight guys. Two groups of four, two teams of four. I got my copperhead, my drink. That's my drink of choice. Uh, you know, I've been losing some weight running and, and working out and eating healthier and been cutting back on the beer. And I uh, I changed it out with the, the copperhead. Um, vodka, ginger ale, slice of lime. It's refreshing. Weather's warm. It's delicious. Um, so anyways, back to the planning. Find the group of guys that you feel are going to go. What size is it that you're looking to accommodate whether it's four six we've done a trip with nine guys before 10 12 whatever it is right so again we started with eight so ours was two teams of four and i'll get into formats later and you know does it make sense to do teams or or individual whatever it might be right we we can talk about that as we continue on but the first thing you need to do is figure out what group of guys is going Okay. And then from there, have a conversation. The biggest thing is communication, right? Um, Communication is big around understanding the financial side of things because golf can get expensive and there's a lot of courses. um, You need to understand what your guys are going to, are willing to spend, right? So, you know, for us, we try and keep it under $500 all in golf lodging. Now, alcohol, food, that starts, you know, creeping in a little over the 500, and a lot of times a lot of times we've actually been able to do it under the 400 or under the 500 for including alcohol and 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 food. So, um, you can certainly do a trip for $500. And that $500 would include lodging for two nights or three, depending on where you're going and how many guys you're going with. And ours always includes four rounds of golf. Like I said, sometimes it's only three rounds that are competitive. And when it's three rounds that are competitive, we always still play a fourth round, and sometimes that's a practice round. Now, recently we've started doing four rounds competitive, and there is no practice round because we've been going – On the fall trip, we go to the same place every year. I said Mount Mitchell. So Mount Mitchell, we've gone every year. So most of the guys have been on at least one trip. So they know the course. So Friday, it is a competitive round. Um, And the only time it's not is um, when, you know, there's a handful of guys or so that um, haven't played the course before and they do need to kind of learn the ins and outs. And it's not fair to them compared to everybody else that knows all the intricacies of the course. So... Find that cost. Understand what your group of players, and I keep on saying guys, I'm sorry about that. It, there are plenty of golf trips for men and women, so I'm, I apologize. I'm, I'm 12 minutes into this thing, and all I've been talking about is a group of guys, group of guys. That's not true at all. Um, there are plenty of people that do women's trips as well, so I apologize about that. So find out the cost that your group is comfortable spending. Right. And from there, that's when you can narrow down courses. What courses do you want to try and get a cost from? Because each course will give you an estimate, an actual, or not an estimate, a, a, a breakdown of what it will cost for you to go and play X amount of rounds during X amount of days and on what dates. Right. So our trips are always Friday through Sunday. Um, this year for the spring trip that we have coming up, we're going to do Thursday through Sunday. 
Thursday's a travel day for everybody because now the group has expanded into multiple states. We have North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida. So we're going to use Thursday as a travel day. Friday, first tea time's not until the afternoon. So that's helpful. Everyone can kind of rest up from the travel the day before and hanging out and the fellowship and everything. And then, you know, we get into the golf on Friday. But set the cost. And then from there, you're then into the courses. So what I like to do, and this is just me as a planner, is I then sit there and go, okay, I know what is the the cost of what everyone's looking to do from a house perspective, condos, whatever it might be, to a course perspective. Now, then it's the location, right? So I'll start looking at courses all around the area to the mountains, foothills, beach in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. I don't really go to Florida because if, if I'm thinking about a travel perspective, because the majority of the guys that go in our group are from North and South Carolina, driving down to Florida, you're adding hours that you're passing so many viable golf courses that can provide a great experience for you that there's so many courses still here that we haven't played that we can still experience that are within driving distance that we don't have to go into the Florida area. So really keeping it in North, South Carolina, and Georgia. And actually the majority of them, all but one course we've played in South Carolina. Everything else has been in North Carolina and we've not gone to multiple courses, to the same course twice other than Mount Mitchell because, and let's think about spring trip because Mount Mitchell, again, is the same course every year. But for the spring trip, we've only done it, I take that back, one time we did one course twice. doesn't matter. So find out what your group, where your group wants to go, right? So start looking at courses all over. So for me, I, I look at the mountains, I look at the foothills, and I look at the beach. And then from there... Most courses have their tee time costs, you know, their rates on their website. So then I'll look at their websites and I'll see. And if they don't, I'll inquire, hey, here's the dates that I have a group of guys. And for my trips, there are 12 guys. So I have 12 guys coming. These are the dates. This is what we like to do. We like to play a Friday afternoon, two rounds on Saturday, one Sunday morning, and we're on the road. What would that cost to do that? And I find courses by Google Reviews, GolfAdvisor.com, TripAdvisor.com, and or I've been to those areas and I've seen those courses. I've driven through them. I've either played them, whatever it might be, right? I have an understanding of what I'm walking into. Um, and if I don't, somebody from my group has probably played it or heard of it or a friend of theirs has played it. It's very rare that we go into anywhere that uh, you know we're going blind. And the only time that I would say that it's okay to go blind is if just leave your expectations on condition, anything, out the door, right? Like go into it going, you know what? It doesn't matter what the course is going to look like, it, you know, if you're if you're going into something blind. It, it is the, it's more so the experience with the friends, right? And that's what's important about all of this is that you know, me, myself, as a planner, I worry about everyone's experience. You know, did everybody have a bed they can sleep in? Did everybody have what they needed? Was the house good enough? Was the courses good enough? And, you know, I played yesterday, and, and a friend of mine, Ben, was like, dude, it doesn't matter. Like, we were talking after the round, and we were talking about, because he's a captain of one team, and I'm a captain of, of, of another for our trip coming up. And he said, he's like, listen, man, he's like, whatever the reviews are here recently he's like it can't be any worse than what we're playing right now because we're still in kind of winter golf like a lot of the courses around here are bermuda and the bermuda grass hasn't really grown in yet so a lot of it is tight lies it's dried out it's brown it's so he's like look man he's like in a couple weeks it is what it is that's not the point of it and i appreciated him saying that because i think that's that's something i always have to remind myself of and i don't do that well enough because i i'm so worried about everybody having a great time so you find that course, right? To me, what I like to do is I find five to 10 courses. Now that sounds like a lot and it is. And, but it's because now I've, I'm into this thing, right? And I, and I want to find that, 
that sweet spot, that course that is going to be cool and fun or courses. That's the other thing, right? Courses, right? So what I do is I find five to 10. Now I don't get 10 prices. From there, I kind of look at it and I look at, look, I take those 10 courses and if they don't have lodging or I do VRBO.com, HomeAway, Airbnb, I like to do that because a lot of times you can get packages where you can stay in resorts or you can stay on their property. But the group of guys that I go with, we like to, we like to get a little rowdy, stay off site, get our own house, respectable. We're not rowdy like we're destroying anything, but you know, having a really good time, being loud. I don't want to disturb anybody in a resort or a condo complex because we all do kind of like to stay under one or two uh, roofs or one or two houses. Um, and if we're in multiple houses, we go to one house, we designate that one house as the, the house that everyone gathers in at night, uh, after the games or after the, the golf matches. So what I try and do is I, I then look at what are the houses around that area look like? Can I get two houses right next to each other? Can I get one house that can accommodate 12 guys? Um, and then I look at those prices as well. And, I, and I'll put that in all in a spreadsheet. So I have a spreadsheet, and I'm going to open it up right now. I have a spreadsheet that has all of the courses laid out. And it is the course, the town it's in, what's the lodging option? Is it, can we stay off-site in an Airbnb, a VRBO? Are there, is there lodging on site? Like there's a place in Georgia I've looked at that actually has a separate house on the 10th tee that could accommodate our, our group of guys that go. It's, a, it's not a part of any resort or hotel or anything like that. So it's a separate house. So it's like, okay, you know, that's an option, right? It depends on what you want. A lot of guys are okay with condos. When you go to Myrtle Beach, for example, a lot of those stay and play uh, packages, and there's a lot of great companies out there that'll, that'll hook you all up. If you're not comfortable putting something together, I, I encourage you to find a golf travel company that'll put it all together for you and make it very easy for you. It, they'll work with you on your cost. You know, going back to what your your group of players is is willing to spend. If you give them your budget, they will put together a package that works for you, whether it's staying in a condo, a house, whatever it might be, along with the courses that can accommodate your cost. I've looked at that as well. I always do that because sometimes they might get you the better deal than you doing it yourself. So I always encourage you to do that. Now, back to what I was looking at. So lodging, then the cost of the course and the cost of the lodging. The understanding the group of players you're playing with and what tees you're gonna look out you're gonna hit off of. So I look at the scorecard of every course and what's the yardage gonna be, and then I look at the par threes. And I know that sounds crazy, but I look at the par threes because I we do closest to the pin twice around for every round we play. So for Four rounds, there are eight closest to the pin. So I want to see the yardages of the par threes. And if they're pictures of the par threes or, or overheads, I look at that as well to give me an idea of, is it fair for every player? Because the last thing I want to do is, I and we have all the handicaps of every player, is pick a course and all the par threes are 200 yards. And I love the group of guys I go with. And it's more important about the friendship than it is the actual golf so the last thing I want to do is have a guy have a bad experience because I picked a course that's just too difficult and only the better players can actually enjoy while the higher handicaps struggle and sit there and go at the end of it, well, I screwed my team. Nobody wants to be on my team. Nobody wants to play with me. I, I, don't, I don't even want to be here. It's not fun. It's not enjoyable. So I try and find par threes that are attainable for any player of our group to potentially be in for the closest to the pin. And for ours, they're anywhere from 15 to $20 closest to the pin for each one. Um, and I'll get into the betting as well in formats. Um, and then I also look at drive time, right? Like the last thing I want to do is find a house and it's a 45 minute drive to the course. Now that might suit you, 
but for the group of players that I go with, you know, we're we're drinking on the course, we're drinking at the house, everything. So the last thing I want to do is put anybody in danger, of course, driving, you know, extravagant amount of time to get to the course between where we're staying and whatnot. And then I always do a Google review, the average Google review, and the average golf advisory review. Now, Google reviews, they're more up to date. Golf advisor, not a lot of people keep them up to date. There's not as, as many, uh, but there's there's plenty of golf or Google reviews. And I kind of, I look at that as well. And if, if anything's under 3.5, I usually kind of, because it's, it's, it's out of a five scale. And you take reviews with a grain of salt, right? Because most people do reviews to bitch about something. Now, a lot of them will talk about how great it is. And especially in this area, because those courses survive on the fact that tourism is so prevalent in those areas. So I look at it and if anything's under the 3.5, you know, there's something wrong with the, with either the hospitality, the experience, the course, whatever it might be. So I look at that and anything over 3.5, I'm good. And we kind of look at that. And then I put in the notes, what else, what other things are potentially offered, right? Does the course that you're going to go to offer in their package, Food, drink, whatever it might be, a, a package. Some of them offer packages where you get like a bag of teas or anything, like something to kind of bring you into it. Um, so I put that all into a spreadsheet and I build out five to 10. And then I look at it and I have costs and everything. And, I'm, and I kind of, I start narrowing it down. And I say, okay, all right, here are the five courses or here are the three that I'm going to go and get pricing from. And I'll go and get pricing from them. And if, they, if they don't fall in the range, obviously I'll go back and look at some other additional courses. But usually the ones that I I pick, and because I've done my research, come in the range. And then it's I'll get a two or three guys that have been on a lot of trips, and I'll say, "Hey, here are the courses. Take a look. What do you think? What's your favorite? What's one that you would want to go and play? What's one area you want to go and play?" And then from there, I obviously will make the final decision, but I do get input from from others that are going on the trip as well because, again, that gets them excited about it. It gets their input. It keeps them engaged. So we pick that course, all right, course or courses. So, for example, we're going to a course this year that has three 18-hole courses on it. So four rounds – we get to play three different courses. Saturday, we're playing the same course twice because it makes sense because basically we finish, we have lunch, and we hit our tee times again. So there's no point of trying to get somewhere else on the property. Just play that course twice. Um, and we've done that before. I've done a trip to where we've played four rounds, four different courses, all on the same property, and it was great. And, and two courses share the same clubhouse, so it worked out perfect. We could park in the same clubhouse and play two different courses, and, and that was that was wonderful. That's the Big Cats down in uh, Calabash, North Carolina, out in the towards the uh, towards Myrtle Ocean Isle area. If you if you're in that area, go check out the Big Cats golf. Really nice golf courses. Uh, highly suggest them. And I'm thinking about potentially going back there for next year as well. We haven't been there in a couple of years, and and I really do enjoy playing those courses. I've been playing them for eight or nine years. Been going down to Ocean Isle with my buddy Michael for a while and we've always played those courses and then i put together a golf trip down there and it was a really good experience and it was fun we had a we had a good time um so then i now it's narrowed down right so now i've bought in I've talked to the course i've talked to the the group there and i've talked to my group and i've figured out what we're going to do. They've met our accommodations, the dates, the amount of rounds that we want to play at the times, the cost and I've now narrowed down the house as well. So the house, that's the other thing. Because you're doing Airbnb and VRBO and the amount of time that it takes, some of those houses might be gone. So I find about, in all honesty, again, I was talking about five to ten houses or courses. I find like five to seven houses that could accommodate our group. And I look at those costs as well. So now I've picked the course. So I now know what the golf is going to cost and what's included what's now the house going to cost to still keep us in that that budget right and some of those houses get booked up now here's what i want to talk to you about about timing because it all depends really on when you want to go so again ours usually in spring april or may 
April and May in North and South Carolina from a golf perspective, that is like the high season. April and May is high season for golf. So you want to ensure that you have given that course and that house, if you're not going to do lodging through the course, whatever house you're going to try and get, you've given them enough time to get what you want, right? Because you, what you don't want to do, and there are times where you have to settle, right? It just comes down to planning. But, and this might sound crazy to you, because it sounds crazy to a lot of people when I tell them. This past golf trip, we finally locked in a date. It's later than it normally is, so it pushed us towards the end of May. And the end of May, and the beach of North Carolina, because that's where we're going this year, we're going down to the beaches of North Carolina, that is starting to get into high season, right? You're coming, you're running up into Memorial Day weekend, which is basically like the kickoff of summer for a lot of those beach towns. Those houses get booked up very quickly, right? Here's what's the crazy part that everyone says, like, holy shit, like, no way. And this is the earliest I've ever done it um, from a booking perspective. Is that I put this whole thing together of August of last year. August and early September of last year is when all of the planning had already been put together. Everything that I've spoken about up until now had already been done. And now I was at the point of telling the course that we want to play theirs and reaching out to the house and getting it booked. And this is why I say it's important because it's all around destination, right? I reached out to three houses before I was able to book the one that we're staying in for May. Late August, September. So September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, half of May. Almost nine months in advance. And some of those houses were already booked and booking up. So I lucked out. And as I had that conversation with the the uh, people that manage that house and actually own the house, she even told me, she was like, I appreciate your planning. She's like this, she's like, you're you're way ahead of a lot of people. She's like, unfortunately, I have to reject a lot of people because they come to me and, and want to book our house and they only do it a couple months before their trip or a couple weeks before their trip. And she's like, and of course, we're a very popular destination. So we're booked up. She's like, the fact that you reached out to me nine months in advance basically is is great. She's like, I, I, I give you kudos for that. So again, kind of know where you're going. Understand if you're cool with staying in a hotel, and you're okay with booking it, you know, kind of a week or two before, do it. I don't, I mean, that, that works for you too, right? Like there's plenty of places that if you don't, if you're not planning on getting a house or renting a house or getting a, a condo through the course and you just want to stay in a hotel, stay in a hotel. I mean, that's easy too. Like there's, there's plenty of options there, but if, if it's a house that you're looking for, plan. And if there's certain tea times you're looking for and you want to have first grab at them, reach out. Again, like I mentioned, nine months, this was the earliest I've ever done it. Usually I'm planning in like November for an April trip. So that still gives me five months, um, which is still ample amount of time. But at the same time, just remember, like if, if you're trying to put together an experience, the longer that you have to put that together, I think the better off you're going to be. All right. So now we've narrowed down the the house and the course and the timing and the planning of it. The next thing is the collection of funds, right? So the last thing you want to do as a planner is be on the hook for what ends up being, depending on the size group you have, say, for me, I'm going to use the example of 12 guys. You're on the hook for thousands of dollars, right? So the house for 12 guys could be anywhere from a hundred dollars a guy to two hundred and fifty dollars a guy. It depends, right? Golf, two hundred to three hundred dollars a guy. So the last thing you want to do is be on the hook for thousands of dollars um, of costs. So the next thing is, you know, being polite enough, but at the same time, uh, firm enough to get the money that is owed to you so you don't have to carry the costs. Again, if you're the planner. Now, if you're not the planner and you're someone that's that's going to it, 
my advice to you as someone that does plan these trips, a very respectful thing to do. And again, not everybody has funds available immediately when someone reaches out to them. It goes back to the communication thing. Communicate to the planner that's putting the trip together when you're going to be able to pay that person. Because I'll tell you, the last thing that that I want to deal with is chasing people down leading up to a trip that owe me money. Because that's not cool, and it's not fun for anyone. It makes it awkward when you get there. It's just not a good situation. So be upfront with people. Look, like Again, like $500 to some, it's it's nothing. $500 to others, that's a lot of money. And you know you want to be respectful to your friends because that's what it's all about, right? At the end of all of this, take the competitive side of golf out of it and what you're going to walk into it's a friend trip, right? It's a group of friends going to have a, a, a hell of a time. Don't make it awkward because money can fuck some shit up, man. And, and it's not fun. It's not a good time. So get that taken care of if you're the planner. If you're a person that's coming, communicate to that person on when you can get them their funds. Because they don't want to float the money and, and you don't want to be the person that's, you know, lagging on the cash for them. All right. So. Now here's now we're now we've booked it. Now we've settled it. Here's where I, I get a lot of creativity around it and I, I a lot of enjoyment around the leading up part of the trip. So again, like I've mentioned, I've been going to trips for 10 plus years. And I wanna say it was maybe uh seven. Yeah, probably seven years ago. Because I got the idea from my friend Matt Brink, who does a trip down to Myrtle every year. Actually, I think he's got this trip coming up. He always does it Masters Week, if I remember correctly, because they'll go and play Myrtle like Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday as well, and then they'll go and watch the Masters in the afternoon. So they play around a day. Um, but he was putting together kind of like a little pamphlet. And I think his was a pamphlet. It was only like one, one to five pages of... Um, the group of guys and what was happening. So I, and I saw that and we were talking at work one day and I was like, man, that, that's kind of cool. And like, so it had to have been seven years ago because uh, I met him around seven years ago. And so I, I looked at all of it and I was like, I'm going to do that for my trip coming up. And I called it the player packet. Now you don't have to do this. This is extra. This is, if you have the time, this is, if you're truly trying to make this thing like a full-on planning and it has evolved over the years, it has turned from something that was kind of silly to now I, I take it like really serious. Um, some of the guys enjoy it. Some of them get annoyed with me on how much. Um, <laughs> I don't care if you – and, and if, if you're any of the people that are listening that get annoyed by it, I really could give two shits. Um, lighten up because – if it wasn't for the player packet, you wouldn't know half of the shit that we're doing for the trip. So appreciate what I do for all of you, you fuckers. Um, but some of them do get annoyed by it because it's like I make it a, this big deal and I make I, I pretend like, oh, man, I got to send it to the printer and I got to get the printer to print it all, the printing company and blah, blah, blah. So what I do is I put together a player packet. Now, what's included in the player packet? It is the name of the course, the dates, and I put together a whole table of contents. So for this upcoming trip, I have an introduction to the actual the courses we're going to go play. So I take a lot of things from their websites, uh, Google Images, Golf Advisor, anything I can get my hands on in regards to the golf course or courses that I'm going to play. I try and get that information <clears throat> into the player packet so the player packet starts off with the welcome page then the table of contents and then it starts breaking it all down and this one this player packet for this year and i and i have a, a post-it note on my my laptop right now to add menu for the meals and the restaurant on site so i still have a couple pages i need to add and as of today there's 32 pages so i mean this is like a book i create and I've been building this thing out in my spare time for months. So again, I get a lot of enjoyment around it. And it's something that I like to do for everybody. It gets the guys pumped up. And I usually send it out two to three weeks before we go on the trip. So then that starts the banter, right? 
Uh, a lot of people hate group text. I love group text. I think it's fun because you know I, I enjoy the friendship and fellowship of everybody that I, I'm I'm gonna go and spend a couple days with and have fun with. Um, so I'm all about the group text. So it, it creates that banter for the group text two to three weeks in advance. I'll send an email to everybody and it'll have the player packet. And then I will also print out two or three player packets. Anybody that's new to the trip, they automatically get a player packet printed out. And then I will get one for the house. And if we're staying in multiple houses, I'll print one out for each house that we stayed in. So last fall, we stayed in three houses. So I had three player packets printed. So each house had a player packet. So they knew when they woke up, everything from tea times, the format that we were playing, who was um, on whose team, the handicaps, everything is all there for you. So... For this one, it is a welcome to the course and what the courses are, who designed them, and then a picture, just an overhead picture from the website of each course and and a description of the course. Now, again, not every website is very detailed. Like, There's a lot of golf courses that just don't have a lot of details around their course in general. It's more of like, hey, come and have the experience, right? So again, these are things I've learned over the years. And I've been lucky enough to pick courses that their websites are full of things. And, and I look at every page on the website, right? I mean, everything from the pro shop to anything else. Because what I want is these this group of players to come in and basically have no questions around the trip. Like the last thing I, I want to do when I go on vacation or, or go on a trip, unless it's spontaneous, I don't want it to be spontaneous. I want to understand like, hey, what is expected of me? especially when it comes to something like a golf trip where, you know, you have to be at a tee time at a certain time. You have to know where the course is in comparison to where you are. You have to know, uh, you know, what meals are going to be there because the last thing I want to do is be like, oh, I, I budgeted X amount of dollars. Oh, and you're expecting us to just go out to dinner every night? Like, okay, now we're adding costs that I wasn't expecting. I, I kind of try and make sure that there's no questions to be asked. And a lot of that leads up to, assigning if you're going to be if you're going to do teams and even if you're not going to do teams assigning a couple guys that have been on trips and are willing to do it to kind of be the ambassadors or the captains of the trip and so there's a there's almost a committee and it's not just one person planning because the last thing I want to be is that authoritative figure now I'm going to be because I put the trip together right and I'm going to have all the details but so is Matt, so is Ben, so is Preston. Like these guys are also going to have that information because they've been a part of the planning process, right? Um, and again, it's because I bring twelve guys. If you're bringing four guys, you can be the ambassador and the the authoritative figure, right? Because it's four people. It's not that hard to herd those cats. But when you're trying to herd cats, twelve guys, sixteen guys, it, you know you want there to be more than one voice of that knows what's going on. All right, so descriptions of the courses. Then I do a couple pages of course pictures. So then guys that have never played the course or driven by it or been around that area can kind of see what they're they're walking themselves into. And again, a description of the course and of the architects. So there, because we're in this area of the country, there's a lot of famous architects that um, design these courses. And so there's information around them. So to me, as somebody that likes to know a lot of things, I, I want to know about the architect. I think it's kind of cool. I think it's something interesting. Um, you know, what was their idea around the course? And if you know that certain architect and you've played a course of theirs before, you can kind of understand how things are laid out. If you don't want to go in that type of detail, you don't have to. This again is just me and been and me doing this for seven years and trying to always make it better, right? I tell my team at work all the time, I'm like, you guys do are doing great or you're doing, you know, you're doing good but you could always do better. Me as a manager, me as somebody that is an employee, I could always do better. I take that into this as well, like me planning a trip. This was great, but I could always do better. I look back at my first player packets to now, and it it's night and day, but at the same time, when I made that player packet seven years ago, I was like, this is awesome, and the guys loved it, to where now like the expectation continues to be raised and the, the bar keeps on getting higher, um, that I want to continue to meet that and that everybody gets excited for it. So we're going into the courses, the architects, and then even the facilities. So a question came up in a group text a couple weeks ago. Hey, does this course have driving range? Because let me tell you, Mount Mitchell doesn't. 
So when we go into the fall trip, we know there's no practice. There's no getting the course early. There is because there's a putting uh, green, but there's no driving range. So like if you want to get there early, great. You can use that for stretching, doing whatever, whatever you need to do before you go and play. But no, there's no driving range, right? If you're trying to get loose that way, there isn't any. So the question came up, is there a driving range? So thankfully on this website, they have the facilities. So I have a picture and a page dedicated, and this is all in PowerPoint. And then I convert it to a PDF. I didn't mention that earlier. This is a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> like this is a legit PowerPoint presentation. Uh, I have logos of the company, of the uh, resort we're going to, the course we're playing, whatever it might be, pictures, all that stuff. And here it is, the facility one. Yes, they have a driving range. There's two practice putting greens. There's a practice green for chipping, pitching, bunker practice. I have all that laid out. So then the guys can look at it and go, okay, now I have a visual of it, and I understand that that's going to be there. Then I have an aerial view from Google Maps of the resort and the courses that we're playing, or course, right? So they can, it, it gives them that understanding, and you can map out the holes if you want. Scorecards. And on the scorecards, I call out what, and, and a lot of the courses will have scorecards. So you can pull a scorecard, and it's a PDF, and you can put it into a PowerPoint. And it'll give you the yardages and all that stuff. It's, it's an online scorecard, just as you would have in your card. Here is where I call out what tees we're playing, yardages, and then I also mark the closest to the pin. So because we're playing three different courses, there's going to be three different scorecards, three different pages. So here's the first scorecard. Here's the yardages we're playing. Here are the two closest to the pin for Friday. Here's Saturday's course and the closest to the pins. Here's Sunday's course, closest to the pins. Then it gets into the teams. If you're not going to do teams, put the players in there. I I like putting the players in there because then everybody sees with who who's coming and it's cool. Your name's in the packet, all that stuff. And then I also put their handicap, right? If you're if you're going to play formats and you're going to keep score and it's going to be competitive, we keep handicaps so everyone knows who who is um, playing off of what. And for this particular one, we're doing teams. And here recently, we've been doing team names. Before, it used to be like a name of the player on the team. So it was like Team Hump first, Team Till, which is their last names or nicknames. This year, I chose something different. I actually uh, used names. Like fun names of teams. So we have Par to Bar, because we're, we're big into drinking and having a good time. And then... A playoff of a movie, instead of Back to the Future, if you're a golf fan, we are Back to the Coocher for Matt Coocher. And then it lists everybody's name, who the captains are of each team, the overall team handicap, and everybody's handicap. Again, I'm talking about detail here, people. Like I mentioned earlier, it's 32 pages, so there's a lot of detail that goes into this. Tea Times is next. Every single tee time, so with 12 guys, I have to get three tee times for every single round. So I want to make sure they're back-to-back-to-back tee times. So all 12 of our guys or your group of guy, players can stay together. So the tee times and what course and on what date. So Friday, the date, the course, here are the tee times. And there's been times in the past where... I have already put together the matchups because the teams have changed every round. Now, for this particular trip, the teams are going to stay the same through the weekend, but we've also done it to where the teams change every single round. So you're playing on a different team, and there's a payout after every single round. So again, it doesn't really matter what team you're on, but the tee times are important because it depends on then who you're playing with. And it, there's a little more planning that goes into that because you have to look at every round and what team it is that you're on. And then we'll do the drawings for those formats, all that stuff. So then next I go over for this trip, we get food included. So we get breakfast and lunch for every round that we play. Lunch Friday breakfast and lunch Saturday, breakfast Sunday. So I grabbed the menu off of the website of what's included with your rounds. So then everybody can see the food. Again, I'm talking a lot of detail here, and this is seven plus years of putting this together. So don't think that you have to have all of this. Yours can be five to 10 pages. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. Mine's 32 because I'm, I'm just a crazy guy. 
when it comes to this, I this is something I enjoy. I can make this thing 50 fucking pages. I always scale it back. And like I said, I, there's things in here that I need to continue to add that I've, I always think about. You know, things are always moving in my brain for, for this because this is stuff I really enjoy. So it's it's the menu. Now we're getting into the format. And the reason why I put the menu after the tea times, because on the tea times, I put what's included for each one of them. So because it's Friday afternoon, we get lunch and two drinks. We get breakfast and lunch and two drinks on Saturday. So, all right. So what does that include? So now, oh, next page that tells me everything. Kind of everything leads into the next thing, right? So then the next thing, Friday's format and total overall betting buy-in. Now, you don't have to do betting if you don't want to, but we're doing betting. And we do betting by each round. Um, and so I have to figure out a, a total overall buy-in that works for the payout for every single round. So for this one, 12 guys, it's $60 a guy. Friday afternoon. What format are we playing? Well, Friday afternoon, we're playing team match play. So it's two teams of six. Again, that's what we have. Par to bar. Back to the coocher. Winning team, $150. So boom, after round one, your team gets a payout. Saturday. Saturday morning. Threes is the gr is the game. Saturday afternoon, two-man scramble or captain's choice. And again, Saturday morning, winning team. $150 Saturday afternoon, winning team, $150. So your team could do a complete sweep or it could go back and forth. And again, it go, it gives everybody that ability to still walk away with some type of money. Now, there's no guarantee, right? One team could just easily come in there and do a clean sweep. But by doing a payout after every round, it does give you the ability to potentially walk away with some money. If you're going to stay with two teams through the whole trip, this makes it as as potentially even as possible. If you're going to change teams every round and you do a payout after after every round, most likely everybody's going to win some money. It's, it's rare occasions. I, I've had that rare occasion. It's rare occasions where you go on a trip and you don't win any money. I've gone on a trip before. I think it was a trip I put together, believe it or not, to where I have played all four rounds and one zero fucking dollars and my teams did well but the way that the payouts worked out is that i didn't get anything which you know kind of sucked but at the same time i it's not all about the money and the golf it's it's it was more so about the experience and the friendship and, the, and i'm going to continue to go back to that but uh didn't win any money 12 fucking guys go on the trip 11 walk away with money i was the one that didn't you know what are the odds if you know the odds, let me know. I don't know. Off the top of my head. Sunday format. We always try and end the trip. And it's fun. And it gets your competitive juices going. Because here's the thing. By the time you get to Sunday morning, you're on pure adrenaline. If you do any trip like we do the trips, again, you're there Friday you're you're drinking on the course you're drinking afterwards you wake up saturday you're playing 36 holes you're drinking that whole time a lot of the times you go home you're drinking saturday night you wake up sunday morning it is clean the house or wherever you're staying clean the house or get that all taken care of because usually checkouts 10 a.m or before so you can't go back to the house after you played your round so you got to clean the get up clean everything get everybody's cars loaded get to the course and you're running on pure fumes. So how do you get that adrenaline back if you're trying to play a competitive uh, around? Singles match play. So the night before the matches are put together, we never plan the matches beforehand. So I've planned all of the formats and all the matches before in previous trips, except for Sunday. Sunday is always chosen Saturday night, and it's it's in front of everybody, the captain's pick, who will be playing who the next day? Handicaps are all involved. Everything is all kind of put together for that, which is kind of cool. Uh, so it's singles match play. So your adrenaline's going right out the gates, right? Because you want to beat that competitor. And again, payout. $150 for the winning team. And then the closest to the pin. So for this trip, it's $15 per closest to the pin. You have eight chances to make $15. 
to close to the pin. Four rounds, eight chances. You know, 60 bucks a guy. That's not that bad. For 60 bucks, the, your, your potential for every round, and then you can have even closer to the pin. So, you know, 60 bucks can, can go a long way for each player. Then I talk about where we're going, this town. Again, as, a, as I've gotten more and more experience, I've added more and more to this player packet. So the town, where are we going, what's there to do in the town, um, the house, pictures of the house, pictures of the bedrooms, the outside area, because we like to play cornhole. We like to sit outside because the times of the years that we go are, are nice. And so uh, it's warm outside. And so we do that. I do Google Maps of the distance from the house to the course so everybody can see that. And then I always finish it with this fake sponsorship page. Like, so I always make it a joke that, you know, the sponsors are paying for this trip. And what I'll do is I'll try and put guys' uh, equipment in there. So if it's Callaway, Titleist, TaylorMade, Nike, whatever. Uh, and then the beverages that we drink, you know, Michelob Ultra, Miller Lite, Tito's, Jack Daniels, and then travel, like if, because we have now guys coming in from Florida. So American Airlines, Chevy, Toyota, all that stuff. I put that all together on a sponsorship page, and, and that is the player packet. Now, I mentioned earlier I need to add the menu. So what's also important is planning out your meals. Again, if you're ready to go to somewhere and your your idea of doing the meals is – we're going out to dinner every night. Perfect. That works great. Our group of players, we like to just do meals at the house because it's just easier, right? You play golf, everyone comes back, you're showering, you're getting ready for the rest of the night, kind of just ready to get relaxed, TV's on, whatever. Um, excuse me. So what's for dinner? And so we plan that all in advance and everybody usually one or two guys will go and do all the grocery shopping. And then again, we're talking about funds, the funds that are paid back to those guys that get the food. Um, and the menu doesn't have to be extravagant. It can be very simple, right? So a lot of times we'll do like a ziti or a lasagna, something big, something carb heavy. And we'll do that Friday night because Saturday is 36 rounds or 36 rounds, 36 holes. And Saturday night is usually hot dogs and hamburgers. You know, something on the grill. It's quick. It's easy. It's not hard. You can still be outside with everybody else. If you're cooking the dinner, you don't need to be inside and away from everybody. Um, so my suggestion, plan the meals, right? If you're the planner or you're somebody that goes and you're looking to give some insight to the person that is planning, my suggestion, because the last thing you want to do is feel like you're rushed, you don't really understand what's going on when you're going into a trip, Give people the detail that they 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 want. You might not be that type of person, and that's okay, because not everybody is a planner. But if you're not a planner, there are other people on the trip that are planners, and they want to understand the details. And let me tell you, somebody that is a planner, when I don't have the details, I do get a little bit of anxiety because I don't really know what's going on. I have others ask me, "Hey, did you hear from so and so that put the trip? Did they tell you anything?" No, I didn't hear anything. Did you hear anything? No. There are people on the trips, when you're planning something of that scale, whether it's 4, 8, 12, 16, I know of trips that are 40 guys, whatever it might be. It is nice to have an understanding of details. Even if you've done that trip X amount of years in a row, like, again, we've done Mount Mitchell 10 years in a row. I still want to understand the details and the ins and outs of everything that's going on because that's just the type of person I am. And when I don't have that... It is kind of frustrating, and it might not be frustrating the person that plans it because they're not that they're not set up that way. But I am, right? And I'm not the only one on the trip that is. So have an understanding of the group of, of people that you're with, what's expected from them of you, and vice versa. And um, the most important thing is, you can do all of this, you can do none of it. I was just giving you my advice of how I manage a trip and how I put things together. The most important thing is. Go and have a good time. When it's all said and done, when it's time to go to the trip and when it's time to leave the trip, have an understanding that just like planning anything, planning a party, planning a wedding, once it's over, it's over. It doesn't matter if, if anybody was upset about anything or didn't have a great time or anything like that. Just know it's over. You did what you could and you move on and you had a great time with your friends, family, whoever you're going with. And that's something I always take away with it. Like I, I, I always probably overplan at times, 
but plan in my mind just enough leading up to the trip. And by the time the trip is over, I've had a great time. It didn't matter if anything didn't go exactly as I wanted it to because in the end, everything and everybody should have had a good time. And if they didn't, that's on them because I had a good time and I always have a good time. So uh, a little different today. You know, we didn't talk about anything in my life or anything like that, but this was strictly focused on um, a certain one topic and my ins and outs and tips and tricks of it. So I really hope you enjoyed it. It's, uh, it's enjoyable for me to talk about. I do enjoy talking about this stuff and putting these things together. It is fun for me, especially when I'm involved in actually doing it. Party planning and then not being a part of the party. Eh. I leave that to my wife. She has a uh, wedding coordinating business. That's her her side of thing. Mine is, I'll put it together, but I want to be a part of it. So whether you take this from a golf perspective or a party or a wedding or anything like that, uh, those are my ins and outs of it. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've listened this long, it means you probably did enjoy it. So thank you very much. And um, I hope you have a great one and enjoy the Masters. If you're listening to this after the Masters, hopefully it was great. If you listen, if you watch it, if not, you know what the Masters are, that's fine. But that's it's the uh, Super Bowl of golf for you. So uh, this is me signing off. Two centers. I appreciate you guys listening as always. So thank you very much and have a great week.